comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Are you ready, Aaron? Yes, space. The final frontier. These are the voyages that I could crap on. Dude, those aren't the words. Honestly, I care so little about Star Trek that I don't even want to do this recording. But, but, we're gonna go and watch Ender's Game. Oh, in that case, Mr. Stark, I'm gonna offer you the choice. Do you want an empty life or a meaningful death? So now you're just gonna do Ben Kingsley quotes from Iron Man 3? You know what, Abe? It belongs in a museum. Okay, this conversation is over. I'll see you on Sunday. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is Abe. Bonjour. 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 Thank you. Uh, Out Now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring a discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 127, 127. That's, uh, that's 10. Hey, thank you. And tonight, <laughs> we are talking about Ender's Game, the film adaptation of the very popular sci-fi novel, and joining us to discuss Ender's Game, we have, from the Thoughtful Slacker, and riding over at the Celebrity Cafe, getting bullied in and out of the showers, Jose Cordova. <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> That's like an awful intro. I feel so bad for him now. He gets bullied. And, from Cinemaxwell, and one of the hosts of the Icapod Cranecast, trapped in his own mind game, Maxwell Haddad. Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing? Splendorific. Doing pretty good. Awesome. The bullying sucks, but I'll get over <laughs> okay. it. Just like, yeah, man, you killed that guy. Just need to find my chems and then I'll be okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that our yearly callback's out of the way, let's move on to some announcement stuff. Um, what do we got? Uh, you know, <laughs> it was Halloween. That's over now. We can, we can all move on. It's November. Here it is. We got it. Turkey month, right? Yes. Yeah, can't wait. 20 pounds of that's, something. That's it. If you didn't catch our Halloween pod, our Halloween, our special Halloween commentary episode, we do have that out. You can check that out it's right still now. Up. It, it didn't go down. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I guessed it on the uh, Battleship Pretension podcast. We had actually, we had David, um, David Bax over at Battleship Pretension uh, over on our podcast for The World's End a few months back. And now I guessed it over there and talked about the... Uh, some of the best horror movies of all time. So feel free to check that one out over and just check out that show in general because that's a fun podcast, The Battleship Pretension. Um, and what else? iTunes reviews and ratings, good to get those. Helps out our show, helps other people find our show. We'd love to have more people find our show and interact with ourselves along with the others on the old Facebook page. But um, were you to send us a review or rating on iTunes, we uh, will enter your name into a raffle. 
Eventually, we will pick two names from said raffle and award those two people with a two-pack of Blu-rays. So feel free to get on top of that because everybody it's winning stuff for free. It's that simple. No comment. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something. Yeah. So you didn't. No, I was like, winning stuff for free. I was like, yes. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for someone. That's what's the, let's, let's just get let's do it, guys. Let's get to some know everybody. Each week we ask each other a few questions, try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to... No, no everybody. everybody. <laughs> We're there. I, still, I still can't get it right, man. We're getting there. Still can't We're getting get it there. right. It's, it's okay. It's been two years. <laughs> I'll start this one out this week. Jose. Shoot. Have you ever wanted to go zero G? Um, I think I would be okay with it. I, I have a problem with heights, so I guess it depends on where. If I like go zero G in like a ten foot by ten foot room, I think I'd be okay. Like real zero G too, not just like Richard Branson plays you up in a plane for like 10 minutes like, like 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 extended stay in zero gravity i think it'd be awesome i feel like i might lose my lunch <laughs> but i mean they train you for that right I, I used to want to be an astronaut when i was a kid one of the reasons i i ended up becoming an engineer but so yeah yeah i i think it'd be fun cool very cool okay uh let's go maxwell mm, yes all right, so I'm going to take, I think, what you, usually when we talk about uh, book adaptations, people ask, you know, what's your favorite book adaptation? But I think I'm going to take you in a different direction and say, what's your favorite movie based on a book you didn't like? If there was, no. like, some book that you didn't like, but you saw the movie, you and like you're like, movie. hey, I like yeah, that movie. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, so I think didn't I didn't like, word that better. Didn't like the book, but did like the movie? Yeah. Yes, yes. Has that ever happened? Nothing comes to mind. <laughs> I need better questions, clearly. I'm trying to. I want to think. This is a good question, though. I'm trying to it's, think of it. It is a good question. It is a good question, but it's not. Uh, I would require further thought. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's so you're saying it's too good a question. <laughs> yes. Do you exactly. have an example, Jose? Is there something that you? Well, I think for me, off the top of my head, that was Atlas Shrugged. I watched. I actually didn't finish the movie, but um, I thought that one was one of those kind of like it's so bad. It's it's kind of. Terrible, oh. or or it's so bad it's kind of fun to watch. Lot, well, I guess it's a lot. Uh, I have, yeah, go Maxwell. Yeah. I have an answer. Uh, the Notebook. Ah, there you go. Hmm. You know, and I, it's kind of cheating because I, I read the book after I saw the movie, but I thought the book was terribly written. But I actually really like the movie, so yeah. you, you know what? I have an actually a, a pretty legitimate answer now that I think about it. Um, back when the when the Twilight craze hit on the books, I, I pounded through them in like a couple weeks or whatever, and um. I hated the ending to the to the last book. I won't spoil it for anybody who I don't know still wants to read them for whatever reason. <laughs> um, but the ending portion of that film, they do some crazy stuff at the end, which I, I still don't know about, by the way. And I have not watched the past <laughs> for some reason. I, I have tried. Like that 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 ending portion. I think uh, uh, Scott Mendelson from the show is, was uh, really enjoyed that as well. I think that that ending part is like worth. It's worth watching that movie just to watch that crazy ass <laughs> ending. I will also agree with that. <laughs> that ending is bonkers. I'm glad that I've never seen any of them. <laughs> Don't even watch the first four. With four. Watch that last one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's probably a few Stephen King books that people like as a movie version better than the uh, book. Just because I know a lot of his books kind of... People don't like some of the endings of his books. Or, and yeah, no. Sometimes the movies try to... Mm. Maybe some of his short stories that you know are fine made better movies when they were expounded upon. Like I know he likes the what Frank Darabont did with the mist better than what he do with the story. 
Mm. Okay, I will ask this to Aaron. Yeah. Think back throughout the career of Harrison Ford. If you are in a life or death situation, which of the many characters that Harrison Ford has played would you want mentoring you and why? Mentoring me. Okay. Mm. That cancels out a few already. Sabrina's gone. Yep, exactly. So is, so is working girl. So you just want me to shake my shit on the street. Um, um, I guess Mosquito Coast Harrison Ford is probably a good one for that one. Yeah, he seems like he's, he's got a good head on his shoulders. And if you're mentoring River Phoenix, that's never really a bad thing right there. He's like, oh, that, huh? I guess that didn't work out in the wrong run. Well, uh, I mean, whose fault is it? It's not his but yeah, no. Like that, he did like, what he could. But that, yeah, that '80s Harrison Ford appear like that, like Witness. Like they seemed like they, they, they seemed like they had a, a good, good handle on things. Not frantic. That'd be too much. What a delightfully unexpected answer. What would you think, Indiana Jones? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that would be the well most people would go to first. Well, you told me to think about it, so I did. I did, and <laughs> yeah. I, I, I appreciate your thought. Ask if you shall receive. <laughs> obviously, obviously not Han Solo. That's like a terrible no, tour. No. Like, that just <laughs> work out for anybody. Just shoot everybody. Exactly. Classic <laughs> forward. Just shooting everybody. Stupid yay. I, I might choose his uh, surly anchorman from uh, Morning Glory. No. I oh, that was going to be my answer. I, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would never choose that. <laughs> I had that ready. I don't even know the character's name. I don't think I even watched that movie, but that was going to be my answer. <laughs> 42 would have too much like other things going on with that also so be like yeah well i mean we're at a different time now guy like what are we doing all right uh, abe um uh, what's the worst bully you've seen in a movie the worst bully i've seen in a movie hmm uh <laughs> i don't know why he popped up first in my head but he's a, that claymation kid from paranorman uh, I forget his name. The Christopher Chris, Plotz character? Christopher Plotz, yeah. His, his voice character. I was like, that guy's mean. But does he redeem himself at the end? Sort of. I mean, Maybe. He's, not, he's not as much of a dick. <laughs> he try, Yeah, he tries to grab uh, Norman's sister's butt, but, you know, that's okay, right? Because she's got a big butt. That's the reason. <laughs> I was hoping for, like, a longer, awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that kind of time, babe. Move on. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Maxwell. Yes. Are you ready for battle school? Given your current state, like whatever whatever the question means to you, are you ready for battle school? No. I am ready for command school, and that's because oh. I feel like I'm so good I could skip right over battle school and hit up command school like a boss. There you, there you <laughs> Whoa. <go>. Like insert <laughs> insert Lonely Island song right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um all right, I'll ask uh, Jose this question if he's available. Jose? I'm still here. Hello, Jose. Um, okay. Uh, in many movies throughout time, uh, we have been presented with a variety of fictional schools. Uh, if you could choose any of them, which one would you go to? Oh, I got the answer right away. <laughs> oh. Well, see, I want to say Xavier's school for Give to Children, but I have no powers, so I think I wouldn't do very well there. <laughs> so... I hear they're looking for janitors. That, 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 that wouldn't be bad. Um, <laughs> let's go with the school from School of Rock. Mm. Nice. <laughs> so I, I like think that. I need to. I need to up my musical chops. Yeah, man, uh, you're giving it to the man. Rushmore. Exactly. Oh, Rushmore. Is my Rushmore. <laughs> Rushmore. <laughs> they have an aquarium now. They have Damn an it. aquarium now. 
<laughs> uh, they finally answer. got it. That's a good one. Uh, Lands a dead language, Aaron. <laughs> right. No votes for Sky High. Sky <laughs> High would be that's, pretty cool, actually. That's, that's the same logic as the school. I, school I still have no. Yeah, I don't know how I would get there. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, how, God, the, bu- the bus fee would be ridiculous. <laughs> that's the reason why that'd be a tough school to go to because of the right. bus fee. I know. I'd have to fly like United or something. Oh, so that's me. Yeah, um, you. Uh, <laughs> let's go back to Aaron then, I guess. Yeah. What is your favorite movie, Kid Crew? Like, uh, like group of kids. Crew like, of kids. In a, in a gang. <laughs> yes. In a yeah. gang. <laughs> in a gang. Yes. Um, <laughs> so well, I won't say the Warriors now, but um, they're a little older. Uh, let's see. Kid <laughs> Crew. 60 now. Uh, <laughs> now. Um, Michael Beck. Um, I, I don't know. Sandlot. Let's go with that. That's oh, it. hello. Yeah. Good answer. It's, it's, I was if, deb- it's not those damn Lost Boys, that's for sure. Those kids need a parent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I'll go, like that. I'll go with the Sandlot answer. Crew. Or um, Moses in the gang, but they got their own issues and stuff. So, yeah, I'll go with Sand, Sandlot there. That's, that's a good one. Wendy Solid Pe- answer. You can just go after Wendy Peppercorn and. Uh, yeah. Play around, with, and lotioning. play around with Hercules. Uh, that's have high s'mores. That's a. Uh, yeah, exactly. How, how can we have s'mores something if we haven't had any, anything? <laughs> I haven't had any. <laughs> 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 Are we all done? Did Abe have another question? Uh, yeah, I can ask everybody, but it's kind of it's something that uh, sort of related to Maxwell's. Which Harrison Ford person would you like to have an adventure with? Harrison oh. Ford, the archaeologist; Harrison Ford, the secret agent; or just Harrison Ford? If it was like just Harrison Ford, would it be like hanging out in his ranch in Montana and just kind of like? Yeah, he's he's just like giving you like kind words of advice while chewing tobacco and wearing his earring. Oh, definitely that one. Always make sure <laughs> to button your trousers. <laughs> you know, acting's not that easy. Yeah, I think you got to go regular Harrison Ford. He's, regular he's Harrison Ford. The best Charmingly kind of oh, the one that always says yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you play. No, everybody. No, everybody. I like that he has farm jokes. That's, that's funny. <laughs> I'd probably hang out with like creepy Harrison Ford from the conversation. That's probably Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or beardy Harrison Ford from The Fugitive. Yeah, like pre. I should have yeah, mentioned that one. Damn it! Pre-shaven Harrison Ford. That's a good. Yeah. One. I, w- I would definitely I didn't tell my wife. Well, I whatever it is, I think I would like to spend six days and seven nights with Harrison Ford. <laughs> and <laughs> Anne Hayes. <laughs> no. Okay, moving on. That's how that's how we do it, everybody. Let's move on now. Now, quickies. Yeah. Each week on that, now we try to go over one main movie of the week, but we always see plenty other many movies of the week, so we have a little something called that. Now, quickies. Yeah. Good enough. All right, Abe. Anything? Yes, it's all 12 Years a Slave. It is the feel-good comedy event of the year. We will talk about it later. All right. <laughs> Jose, have you seen any other movies this week? Uh, not anything new, but I rewatched Get Shorty just because it was going to expire on Hulu Plus, and yeah. that's just a fun movie. It is. It's yeah. Solid, uh, solid Elmore Leonard adaptation. Yeah. Maxwell, any, uh, any movies? Uh, yeah, I saw All is Lost this week. Uh, oh. Very um, powerful and... Uh, uh, intense film with uh, an excellent performance from Robert Redford. Highly recommended. Great. Would you say you're able to connect with his character despite minimal information given to you about him? 
Definitely. Uh, just by, you know, I think it's a combination of familiarity with Robert Redford and his act, as an actor, but also like his expressions and gestures. It just was very easy to connect. Yeah. See, that's something I I think, too. I think it it's weird when you have an, like a kind of an, uh, a, an actor like Robert Redford, who you're familiar with just based on past work and just who he is in general. And that kind of helps a movie out sometimes where you don't necessarily need other information yeah. about said person. You just yeah, kind of that... rely on his persona. Yeah, and it shows how important casting is. I mean, especially when your movie has one character, but smart casting. Yeah, for sure. And like, I, I could see how the argument is that it's maybe a cheat, but I think it just works in the film's favor of having someone like that as opposed to just random old actor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw a few things this week. I saw The Book Thief. Which, oh. Uh, yeah, oh. nay. I liked it. Um, Great. Okay. I, uh, yeah. I love the book. I yeah, I enjoy. It. I think it. I haven't read the book, so I'm not sure like what's been retained and what hasn't been. I'm aware that there's, I guess, a chronology thing that goes on in the book that's different. The movie's very linear, if that mm. matters to people that know the book. But um, I think it it has a few things that feel a little bit Hollywood to say the least. But um, overall, I, I found it affecting, and I thought the performances were quite good by the the little girl and um. Jeffrey Rush and Emma Watson, Emma, Emily, yeah, Emily Watson, and I just mix those up now. Then, yeah, yeah. then Emily Mortimer. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I thought it was a, I thought it was a solid, solid film. They're all British. Yeah. Um, I also, because it was Halloween last week, I was watching lots of horror movies, so I'll just point one out: The Blob. I watched with Steve. Oh! Um, that is an entertaining film, The Blob. I, I quite, I haven't watched that in quite some time, and it's really fun. It's a really fun movie to watch. Um, yeah, I remember watching through video stores when we were kids, and uh, in the horror section, you see the cover for The Blob, and I was always freaked out by it. Did you, Aaron? Did you watch the Criterion Blu-ray? Yes, I did. Is it a good set? It looks fat. the The color on there is fantastic. Just given that it's what, like nineteen fifty four, something like that, I think. So it looks like a real bubble gum. Nineteen fifty eight. It just it was a very good looking Blu-ray for sure, and it, yeah, it has a it has, it's packed. It's like two commentaries on there, so oh, wow. <laughs> like let alone other features. But yeah, it's a, that's I a, have, I thought of something. I I don't think that you guys. I heard you guys mention it a couple times, and it it wasn't quite recently, but I I saw that uh, instructions not included. The uh, oh yeah oh that's yeah the, yeah, yeah okay. the Spanish film yeah 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 exactly um and I I just thought I'd chime in um it, it was uh it was fine I, I think it's just it's cool to see a, a you know a movie for the Latino crowd open that big and stuff that was actually the first time my parents have gone to the theater in a long time so uh, um well uh what is there something about it that you can pin that you think made it such a hit with that crowd like in, like um, I mean there's a lot of Spanish language films that are open but they don't aren't usually like big hits with that's that's true um I think actually honestly the the main guy um his name's uh Eugenio Derbez he's a pretty big uh, Mexican comedian mm, kind of oh. like a almost like a sketch comedy kind of guy uh, he's been around doing that for a really long time and so he's really well known to people like my parents and I grew up watching him as well so I don't know if it's just something like that getting that guy to come in and and do a film that it's uh, both in Spanish and English and kind of bring the two generations together. Honestly, I think that that might be a big thing. That's what yeah. I figured it was. I figured it must That's have cool. been something about like a, a star. And, and something in the cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's huge in uh, in Mexico and in other parts of uh, like Latin America. So and, I'm and pretty sure just, that's a pretty big thing. I imagine the advertising for the film was probably pretty like pinpointed on certain channels and what have you to kind of get noticed. Oh, yeah. Going I up. mean, the, the fact that my mom asked me 
about it and to go see it without me kind of mentioning it to her or whatever they definitely got, got the word out there so I, yeah I, I was i just thought it was cool to to see it uh get that big and that's it's pretty enjoyable too it's funny he he uh he works as a stuntman in it so there's a couple of oh cool things in there yeah Oh, good to know. Thanks for thanks, Jose, for answering yeah, one of the, the one of the lingering questions about now there today. <laughs> what is it about instructions not included? <laughs> I was always doing my part. There you go. All right, let's. <laughs> that's how you play out of quickies. Deal. Let's move on. Let's get to movie trailer talk, where we discuss some of the newest movie trailers and what we uh, what we think when we think of them when, when they're coming out and what have you. And the first one we have is for Hercules: The Legend Begins. Not to be confused with the Hercules film starring Dwayne, sorry, the Rock. Dwayne the Rock, the D is Silent Johnson. Uh, we have this version directed by Rennie Harlan of Cliffhanger and Die Hard 2 Die Harder fame, starring Twilight's Kellen Lutz as Hercules. Um, yeah, this is a movie that's happening. It It's called Hercules the Beginning. I think it kind of sets the tone right there. It is the beginning <laughs> of, the, of the hero. <laughs> Known as Hercules. Her- Hercules. 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 <laughs> Sorry, Heracles. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what we got here. We got a big visual trailer. What do we think, guys? Uh, Maxwell, what do you think of the trailer? I'm gonna just say boo, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Jose, thoughts? Uh, to provide some context. Um, I think this is, you know, people give a lot of crap to Hollywood about not having original ideas. And this is just like the movie that kind of exemplifies all that, I feel. You've got like Spartans. Um, I thought I was watching like a 300 remake for a second. There's, he has like a, he's doing a, a weird accent, Kellen Lutz, the, the guy who's probably famous for being the buff guy from Twilight. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, there's some like large scale stuff in there, and it, it looks like the production values look pretty cool. I just it's kind of sad that it's wasted on this movie. And I, I we were talking about it on the during the pre-show stuff, but I was so sad that this wasn't the Dwayne Johnson Hercules because that one I'm <laughs> legitimately excited about just because of you know The Rock. Abe, uh, first things first, this trailer is like three minutes long, so basically you've seen the entire film. Uh, also, uh, this movie looks awful. I don't know why it's being made. <laughs> There's nothing about it that I want to see. Uh, besides the girl, she's very attractive, um, and she looks kind of tall. But way to way to keep it a guy podcast like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean the acting looks fantastic and the direction looks great. But no, there's this movie. I don't know. There, there's a. Uh, I was also confused as to why the, we didn't talk about the the Dwayne the Rock Johnson version. But uh, I didn't even know this movie was coming out. That's uh, that's all I'll say about it. Well, yeah, we, we just don't have a trailer for that one yet. They, like, just finished yeah. shooting it, I'm pretty sure. But um, regardless, yeah, I agree. This movie looks... <laughs> I was... it. I, could, I don't say this often, but it looks nearly unwatchable, mainly because I was getting bored during the first minute of the trailer for the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, like, that sounds harsh. And I actually am a fan of Ray Harlan. I think he does have a good... I think he, he's a commendable force when it comes to kind of... 90s action movies. But again, this is 2013, and where's Ray Harlan been for a while? Um... 12 rounds, that's the answer to that question. Um, yeah, there's just nothing about this that makes me like think, I need to definitely catch this Hercules movie as opposed to the one starring Wayne The Rock, The Asylum Johnson, or just watch old reruns of the Kevin Sorbo classic 90s TV series. Yes! So, yes, that's... Sometimes I mean, guest like... starring uh, Xena. Yeah. yeah or the Disney musical. 
Or the Disney, yeah, Hercules. Um, <laughs> That's some good shit. From zero to it's hero. It's a shame because it's a shame because <laughs> Scott Atkins is in there, is in there, and he's doing he's done good stuff on you know direct to video action stuff, and uh, I don't know. It's, that is a little it's sad, just... yeah, because Scott Atkins is like every time he gets a chance to like excel somewhere, he's just shot at. Like Expendables <laughs> Two is like, yeah, you're in this, but you're you're just kind of around, and Jason Statham kills you with a knife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. But I mean, do you enjoy films such as 300 and Gladiator and Thor? Apparently, I have a better, I have a better Scott Atkins example. By the way, oh Scott Atkins, you could be Deadpool, but you'll be making to look like Ryan Reynolds the whole time. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hercules: The Legend Begins arrives in theaters March 2014. There's not even a day. Apparently, <laughs> I guess they have to figure. Because they're waiting to push it back or something, just see what the, the crowd reaction is. Well, they have to is. figure out how big of a success Pompeii will be before they actually decide on one day. Oh, I forgot two. about that too. Oh. Good old they're just waiting for an empty weekend. I'd rather watch a documentary about a volcano exploding. Pompeii is a great story. Like I'm, it is. I'm yeah. sad. Yeah. I like. I wish it was a Roland Emmerich version that's like a soap opera, <laughs> but just happens to be in set in the past. Like I'd, I'd watch that movie. With John Cusack. With John Cusack as a stable oh, driver. I'm calling him right now. Okay. Let's uh, move on to our next trailer. We have the Lego movie. We've talked Ooh. about this before, but now we have an even better, we have an even bigger trailer that really expands upon the story and the scope of things. I'll say this right now. I was at the panel for Comic-Con for the Lego movie, and it's what's interesting to me about the Lego movie, besides the fact that it's directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who made Caught in a Chance Meatballs and 21 Jump Street, Clone High, among other things, they, their approach to this is everything you see in this movie will be feasible to do in real life. It may it would maybe take you you know thousands of hours to pull off some of the things they pull off in this movie, but there is just as much physical building of actual Legos as there is CG in this movie, if not more. So that's something that excites wow. me about this film. Um, with that said, let's start again with Jose. Jose, what did you think of the trailer for the Lego movie? Uh, this looks funny. Um, I just thought it looked really enjoyable. The the voice cast looks great. Um, you mentioned the the thing about you know this is they wanted it to be things you can actually do, and I thought you can kind of see that. There's a great joke with the jumping jacks at the beginning. I yeah. think about that <laughs> because he said jumping jacks, and I was like, how's he gonna do jumping jacks? He's a Lego character. And uh, yeah, no, there's there's a lot of like little tiny things. Um, some people, I don't know. I think don't enjoy Cloud with a Chance of Meatballs for some reason because of like the constant stream of jokes, I guess. Because of the sadness in their life, I get it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that has, that has to be the only reason. But, if they didn't uh, no, enjoy the constant to... jokes, then they wouldn't have enjoyed Shrek. <laughs> but no, I think I just think this looks like a lot of fun, and there's a lot. There's just a lot of really good jokes in there. I, I laughed a bunch of times during this trailer. Maxwell. Uh, I am as enthusiastic for this as I was unenthusiastic for Hercules. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think it looks witty, uh, satirical, and awesome. I'm all about this. I'm all about everyone involved. I think it's a great concept. I think it'll probably end up being a better Justice League movie than whatever Justice League movie we end up getting. <laughs> um, if I could buy my ticket right now, I would be on Fandango doing just that. Yeah, I'm all on board, man. Uh, no question. I remember thinking when I first when we first talked about it, I was like, "Why would they make a Lego movie?" And then I saw the trailer. I was like, "Yes, <laughs> this looks amazing." And the only thing that I could say is, uh, uh, I didn't like the Pitbull song with the Christina Aguilera thing. That's the only thing that I didn't like. But yeah, this trailer <laughs> is or this new one is, dude. I'm on board. 
I feel like we take like a constant jab at Pitbull since like that happened. <laughs> When he, when he did the song instead of Will Smith at the end of Men in Black 3. That still is some bullshit right there. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> How do you have a Men in Black song without it? Like, I don't... Ugh. Anyway, um, I I agree. I am very much in the camp on this trailer. We have two other trailers that premiered this week that we'll talk about next week with Thor that make you know sense to talk about with Thor. But between those two and this movie, like I'm really excited for like the Lego movie, maybe the most, just because of how much fun it looks and how how little I think there's a chance for disappointment involved in it. And it was maybe bold words, but I'm just really excited about the Lego movie. <laughs> um, I haven't been steered wrong yet yeah. with uh, Phil Ward and Chris Miller, and I just think they have such a great sense of of comedy with these this kind of property and like other properties you know similar to it, and let alone this cast, which looks amazing in the the various property licenses that they've got to kind of work in this movie, including like, you know, DC stuff among many others that haven't even, there's a lot that haven't even been revealed yet, but uh, yeah, I'm just super excited for it. So um, yeah, the Lego movie opens in theaters February 7th, 2014. And so, yeah, that's what's happening there. Let's move on now. Let's get to the main review for Ender's Game. When the aliens first invaded, they nearly destroyed us. They will be back. There's greatness in you, Ender. The world needs you. You were bred for this. You see things in a way we can't. You alone can understand the enemy. You will be the one to save mankind. Unless we act now, Earth will be annihilated. We're out of time. He's not ready. You're never ready. Go when you're ready enough. Track them from below the ice. Shoot straight. Stay calm. Here we go. Fire! That should have been some of the trailer for Ender's Game. After years of development, the best-selling award-winning novel Ender's Game from writer Orson Scott Card has been adapted into a feature-length film, finally. Writer-director Gavin Hood has stepped in to bring this story to life with Asa Butterfield in the title role as Ender, a strategically brilliant young mind, recruited into battle school by Harrison Ford's character, Graf, where he will compare... Well, he will compete with others to possibly rise to the ranks of a commander in the real world with the intention of stopping a race of alien invaders... Maxwell Haddad, did you enjoy playing Ender's Game? Uh, you know, I have to say, I actually enjoyed playing Ender's Game very much, which was a little bit of a surprise to me just based on some of the, you know, I try to have an open mind, but I felt like this project had a lot of, like, negative negativity uh, leading up to it. But regardless of any of that, I found this to be a very charming and endearing uh, movie. I thought... Um, Asa Butterfield uh, is a big key to that success. He makes uh, for an empathetic and emotional um, lead that I uh, resonated with, and I thought the the world building was smart. Um, I thought the casting across the board was really good, um, and I thought Harrison Ford was probably as good, if not a little better, than he has been in a long time. He seemed engaged and connected with the material. Um, I thought uh, all of that then allowed the ending and the sort of thematic purpose of the film to, to come across in a, in a sobering fashion. Um, and the more I think about it, the more I like it. Um, I was impressed. 
I get the feeling that you've read the book before as well, right? Yeah, I have. It's been a while, but I have. Okay. Jose, have you read the book, and did you enjoy the movie? Um, Ender's Game is actually kind of my, my default answer for when everybody asks what my favorite book or novel is. Um, and so I'm a, I was, I'm a huge fan. I've read everything else in the series pretty much. Um, so I was, I was kind of like going into this with a, a, little, a bit of a sense of apprehension, and, but also excitement. Um, and that's almost how, like, how I came out of the movie. There's a lot of things that I really love, uh, most of everything that Maxwell mentioned. And there's also some things that I, I had some issues with, but I think he nails it when he talks about the, the performances, you know, uh, Asa Butterfield and, and really the entire ca- cast, they really sell everything that's going on in, this, in, in the film. And they make a lot of what, a lot of the problems that I had with it, they, they make them just completely go away. And um, I think at the end of the day, I think this is going to grow on me. The, uh, and hopefully once I, I watch it a couple more times, I think I think I'm going to end up loving this movie a lot. But right now I'm still a, a little split. But but overall, I thought it was I there's there's so many little parts of it that I enjoyed, too. Just being such a huge fan of the book that I, I just ended up mostly, mostly loving it. Abe? I enjoyed this very, very much. Uh, I do agree with Maxwell or uh, Jose that there are some things I didn't really like about it as much it doesn't really take away from the film it's just more of uh just some aspects i think that that's primarily just some of the uh some of the younger actors and their line deliveries not all of them because i thought that a lot of them were really great like uh like uh was it gonzo bonzo bonzo yeah uh and also uh bean um and bean is like one of my favorite characters when i read him in the book yeah i'm glad that he was very well portrayed in the movie i'm surprised that uh, bonzo's the one you're sticking up for even though he's so over the top but it's very oh no no but i mean like you know the the actor i mean like the the kid actor didn't do that that badly there was just like some weird line delivery from like folks like the the brother like peter and uh and uh what's her face um abigail breslin uh, just in the early part of the film, yeah, as Valentine. We'll but, get to I mean, that, that. We'll get to that, but I completely agree right. with yeah. you. Go on, go on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the adult actors are great. The the, the visuals were fantastic. I, they yeah. looked yeah. really, really good. Um, and also, the uh, the score wasn't bad. Uh, it's 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 not ultra-memorable, but it's pretty good. Um, but I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. I think that there were some aspects that even I forgave from the from the book adaptation over to the uh, the script adaptation just you know how many struggles that ender had to go through and also just in terms of uh uh some of like the the loneliness that he feels when they take away a lot of his team members and things of that nature but i mean uh, what really sealed it was the emotional high at the end where he and uh, harrison ford had this very uh, uh, frank conversation and i was like dude this is exactly what I was expecting, and uh, I really have all the trailers at all costs. Um, so I, I was, I went in there with uh, kind of like average expectations, and I walked out pretty, pretty happy. I'll say this right now to people that I mean, you know, some people may be tuning in for the first time or whatever. We don't tend to. I don't try to plan this show based on just having a love fest for movies all the time or like having a hate fest on things or, you know, it, it's nice to have conversation that kind of splits the difference sometimes. But I also, I don't, I don't ask everyone what they think of the movies ahead of time. I try to be, I try to like, I like to keep it a surprise and especially between Abe and I. So I never really know what's going to happen. But with that said, I love this movie too. I was very surprised that I love this movie. Um, Ender's Game is one of my favorite books. And again, it's, you know, <laughs> 
it, it's we, it's weird that like you know all of us generally genuinely liked it apparently um jose i guess is the least on us but even he you know likes aspects of it for sure and you know so with that out of the way i guess we're just gonna get into a gushing mode now but i mean obviously there are things that don't work about this movie um and i think it's just because you have you can only do so much to make a movie out of a book like ender's game into something that's fitting for a pg-13 crowd for general audiences everywhere and so you have to drop things like the kind of the valentine peter storyline stuff that comes with the book which takes away in to an extent from what the film's trying to accomplish in some respects but also kind of strengthens just the the kind of forward momentum with ender's character and with that said i think asa butterfield does a great job as ender i think he he, I mean, among the other actors in this movie that I think hold this film together, I think Asa Butterfield does a great job of kind of portraying the things that are required of his character and various the impact of certain scenes, especially when the film kind of rushes through certain aspects. I think Asa Butterfield's the reason that it kind of sticks. It it, it all works in the end anyway. Um, I I walked in, you know, with, I, I I mean, as we all are big fans of the book, I had my kind of I was trying to hold my expectations low, but going into it but kai came out just really enjoying it at the there's there's things involving a kind of a zero gravity battlefield that you read that in a book and it's you know it's very it's fascinating and very cool to kind of read about and then seeing it on screen i had just this like flood of memories that i had coming back to me from reading the book and i was just like this is so cool and even without taking take away the idea of like if you've read the book or not i think it's just such a a very fun adventure story <coughs> for like kind of a, a younger audience even adults as well but i mean i think it I think it works to kind of capture a certain wonder in what's being shown in this world that is challenging. Like there is, I mean, there's dark material here and there is, you know, there are things about morality and the use of kids in warfare and things like that, that kind of, that can certainly shake up perspective of certain things. But I mean, it, it, it works. It all came together very well. And I was very happy with this film overall. I'll just jump in. Uh, one of the things that I appreciated most about it is how, Seriously, it took these kid characters. Um, I think it's a more common trend. I, I feel like there used to be a lot of science fiction movies involving kids where it was kind of goofy and dopey and silly, but I don't think this did that at all. And I give it a lot of respect for the way that it treated their emotions and their struggles and their training um, with, uh, you know, as seriously as if they were adults, which then, you know, makes the military aspect of. It worked all the more. Um, and you, I noted, Aaron, that you said you felt certain things were rushed. Um, and while if we're doing a direct comparison between the novel and the film, I would agree. But at the same time, in terms of the context of the film, I thought it made for some pretty, uh, pretty good pacing. The movie moved uh, really well. I, I think still conveying things well enough. I agree with you because I do think the pace is just right. It's a two-hour movie as opposed to like a two-and-a-half-hour movie, which it easily could have mm-hmm. been. And I actually thought it—I actually thought it was going to be like I didn't know what the runtime what is what it, what what I did not know what the runtime was going in. I thought it was probably going to be like 135 minutes or something like that. That seemed to just kind of click with me of like, yeah, that's going to be. But yeah, I, I do. It, you know, it's two hours. It runs well enough. I mean, it it uh, I feel like if anything, there probably if there probably was a cut, there's probably super long cuts of this movie but there probably was a cut there could, could be a cut that's like you know like 20 minutes longer that maybe strengthens some of the relationships like between ender and his sister for example i think is a key one that kind of gets a little short shrifted in my mind but i i think it it, it took out if, if i had to if i'm just completely guessing i feel like 
there there was material that's been cut out just to kind of keep the pace keep the pace of the film moving. But I would not be surprised if we ended up seeing more on a you know an extended Blu-ray or even in deleted scenes stuff like that. But oh, well, I was just gonna say I think I definitely think there's no time wasted here. Everything that that's in there uh, gets you know gets something across. It's definitely you know like you said it's paced very well and, and everything that's in there has a certain purpose and it hits that purpose and it has a good impact. Yeah, I was going to basically say that too, which is just that uh, everything that they did sort of excise out of the film, it, it they, they excised certain characters and certain pieces, um, and that was okay because they kind of kept the, the, the core of the story uh, there. And, you know, stuff with Valentine and Peter, yeah, I, I kind of was expecting something different at the ending, but what I did see on the screen was fine. It was, it was uh, something that made a lot of sense just because they didn't really have anything to do with, uh, they didn't really introduce, you know, you to Ender's family all that much. So it, it would have been weird if you have this, you know, uh, ending sort of similar to the book. Um, the only thing I didn't really like uh, was the transition. There's a transition period in the film, and it's also in the book, where Ender kind of gets very frustrated and burned out, and he, he requests to go back to uh, to Earth just to, you know, check things out. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit more deep in the in the book obviously but in this one it kind of just felt like they they finished that very quickly just to get you to the uh the end uh, the third act and i think that's kind of uh something that i, I didn't like about that's, that that's the key area that i'm thinking of actually just because i think it it has to hit that point of well we have to move into the third act but we also have stuff to tell you in this kind of mm-hmm. mid section here and i can see where a movie would get slow if you have more and more information being presented with you but at the same, so yeah, I, I agree with you because I do think it there's less impact than I would have liked in terms of what's being accomplished in having Ender return to Earth for a second. Right, but yeah, for the I most think, part, it's great. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say I think some of that too is that the, there's a not like a big thing that happens to him there, but there's a, a very important interaction between him and his sister there that I think I don't know if it's just the amount of time or the fact that I mean this is something in the books as well that these are kids but they they're supposed to be the, the you know the brightest of the of the brightest cream of the crop and they don't talk like children. And I think even in some of those early scenes that Abe was talking about earlier, Abigail Breslin and the, um, the guy who plays uh, Peter, the older brother have some trouble with them. A couple of the other younger actors have some trouble with them too, because um, I think it's just kid word, or phrases and words that you don't expect kids to say, but, and some of them don't, don't acquit themselves very well, but other people like, you know, the, the main, the core, core, core group of kids do, do really well. And that's just it, it's those little things I think that kind of took me out of it. But at the same time, it's they've there's passages of dialogue that are straight from the book that I remember word for word, and it's just seeing things like that come to life off the page. It's just I mean that's it's part of the magic, you know. Duh! You can't absorb these kind of losses. War isn't a game where you get to reboot and start over. That can't happen. Understand? Yes, sir. Do you? Because I've trained others, each one ultimately a failure. All right, Colonel. He understands. So I'm not the first. No, but you will be the last. Mm-hmm. It, it's honestly the beginning that kind of threw me a little bit. Like, it, like the opening scenes are like fine, but yeah, getting to kind of Ender's family life, it just it felt really awkward. It did feel like I mean, what what you have the actor playing Ender's older brother, whose name I can't remember, just because he's he's. No offense, but he's, but he's 30 just... 30 seconds. Yeah, but no, I mean, but no offense to the actor, but he's just, he's not a name like Abigail Breslin or Asa Butterfield is. Like, I know mm-hmm. who those actors are. And so, like, it, 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 
it kind of it shows to me if that makes any sense that like it's like all right who's this kid and he's not helping out in this situation it just feels like right. we're just reading lines here opposed <coughs> to acting a scene out and even abigail breslin is good an actress as i think she can be I, th- I think she's just not given enough to do to really make an impact as valentine overall you kind of get a broad i think i got a broad stroke idea of what she's supposed to be as a looking at it as a person that's just watching a movie but i don't think i got as much of a connection as i would have liked to between in that relationship which i think is a, a key part of the of the film in general especially when it comes to kind of the way that the mind game enters into the film and yeah that was something i actually did enjoy just because like oh that's Me a neat too. thing to kind of see realized on the screen yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. Especially... i honestly thought they would cut it out yeah, I did. So, I was. That's why I was, I was very surprised. I was actually wondering how are they going to take this, or how are they going to actually transcribe this from the pages onto the screen? Because it's something that uh, it's pretty critical to his uh, to his his development, and also it's it's very dark. And so I was just thinking, wow, they did a pretty good job there. Good, to, good on you. To explain this, this film has a in the, in the book has kind of a while Ender's in training, he he has kind of a a tablet that gives him this game that he can play with himself when he's not like within like training with everybody else and it's this kind of psychological test essentially and it incorporates his own but it's 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 a weird thing to kind of visualize yeah. on screen but it's kind of cool it it looked really cool for one thing and it just it managed to work itself into the story in a way that both matters to the plot but also just works in terms of giving the viewer an interp like a, a visual of what they're supposed to be registering from that kind of scenario which i was impressed with visuals in this movie in general are fantastic i agree with yeah that. The, yeah. between the zero like the zero gravity ba- battleground which is already i just <laughs> can't get enough of that already but then just kind of the, the 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 war game stuff that we see it's just all really good looking it just really sets a, a unique look for the world that i really enjoyed yeah, question and, for all three of you well actually go ahead maxwell i was just gonna say to the extent of the visuals um i felt like the movie kind of transported me um away from earth for a while some science fiction movies are not as convincing as that, but I felt like I was really like in another place, in another world, and it was all very convincing, and it had a, a sense of like awe to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the strength of the design. You know, it's the little details, like when he's waiting to have uh, at the beginning to have you know his monitor removed, and from everything from like the the little banner ads or posters that they have, you know, the the kind of uh, propaganda stuff from. You know, remember the war to right. the design of the of the machines that do everything for you know for the, the medical machines and things like that it's just uh they, you can tell they put a lot of care into fully realizing the world mm-hmm. yeah um what was your question uh that's actually two of them did you first one's a little bit less involved did you guys hear them use the word bugger in the movie no, they used Formix. Formix is... They, they always said Formix, right? Yeah, they always oh, said yeah, Formix. Yeah. yeah, I think it was just easier because they wouldn't want to confuse an audience that isn't familiar with having both terms being used. Just like they don't want to okay. throw it back and forth. So I think Formix was just the kind of what they stuck with. Um, okay. and, yeah. Did Orson Scott Card in... I know he's revised the book a couple of times. Did he change it to always say Formix or does the newer versions of Ender's Game still say Bugger? I think that I believe I believe the newer versions do still say bugger. I think it's just something within some of the the future entries in the series and right, right, a right. reference to why it's changed or like it's because buggers is like it's more of like a slang term for these aliens and forming right, kind of yeah, other yeah. way to say it. And I think it just kind of right. took over eventually. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Second question, a little bit more involved. Did you guys think that this would be a uh, 
it is sort of in my mind. But did you guys think it's a family movie? And how would how would parents explain to their children kind of what happens here? Um, I I do think it's a family movie. I mean, for the obvious reason that the main characters are children. Um, but to me, it's the type of family that I like the best, and that's one that leaves um, issues dangling at the end of the movie that a family can discuss afterwards and that mm-hmm. I think can enrich, you know, uh, the li- you know, make for good, thoughtful conversation about issues that pertain to what's going on in our society now. I mean, war is obviously, <clears throat> unfortunately a very prevalent fact of our modern life. And I think the, the film and the book more so, but the film does bring up very interesting questions about the cost of war and the nature of violence, etc. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think certain kids may be scared by it or can't handle it, but for families, I think it's, you know, an, an ad- a fun adventure, but that leaves discussion. I do think it, um, it works for a family. I mean, the book itself is it's you know reading that generally a young a young adult audience is or a young adult crowd is supposed to read in school or you know an option for young adults to read in school it's a young adult novel it works for all ages of course, well i mean young adult and beyond and it is it actually is required reading in the military um, but the the story i think yeah I, I agree with what maxwell Hart already had to say and i think just as the movie is intended for, or the book's intended for a younger audience i think the movie works that way as well the, I mean, the movie itself is PG-13, and I can see why. Um, I would say, though, along with this, and of all movies, After Earth, the movie that you know I didn't like, but I don't hate either. I think it kind of works in that same kind of way, where it's a, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a preteen teenager adventure story, and it, you know, it works for that audience, which, you know, is is a large audience. I would say I think it works for kind of the younger crowd as much as it works for the older crowd that read the book when they were younger. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think you guys pretty much covered it. Um, young adult is exactly kind of the, <coughs> the phrase that leapt to my mind. But uh, I think you guys bring up a good thing. Uh, that's a pretty good comparison to bring up, Aaron, between this and After Earth, in that you can kind of you know, take them for, I guess, whatever crowd, as a, a kind of a surface adventure tale, I guess, starring this, this teenage kid. But I think one of the reasons I ultimately enjoyed this movie so much is that this this one the themes come through in this one so much better and i was actually really worried about i had assumed i think when the when the trailers and stuff came out that this movie would be just kind of like a surface retelling of the story and just because so much of the the book is you spend so much time in ender's head that i just didn't think they it would translate well but i think and i think we've said this already that uh Asa Butterfield does such a good job just kind of conveying all the emotion. Yeah, and there's that great conversation at the end that he has with uh, with Harrison Ford's Colonel Graf character that, yeah, they just, I'm kind of amazed how well the, they succeeded in, in addressing the themes that are there in the book and bringing them to, to a film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I give a lot of credit to um, Gavin Hood. Um, as bad as his Wolverine movie is, um, I think it was clear he cared about this story and wanted to do the best he could to convey it. And I also think if you go back and look at his film, Sotsi, there, yeah, there are certain thematic similarities between that film and, and Ender's story. Yeah. That's honestly, that's something that got me excited for seeing Ender's game directed by got written and directed by Gavin hood, because I am a huge fan of Sotsi. Um, that's, 
That's the film that won the best foreign film Oscar actually back in two thousand five or six. 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 I think six. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a very good movie. I recommend it completely. I don't know if it's on Definitely. streaming or whatnot, but um, it does, as Maxwell said, it does have similar themes going on there, and it it shows me that Gavin Hood is a person that can knows how to handle these bigger films, and I, Wolverine. As much as I'm like one of the one of the lone defenders of Wolverine, not as a good movie, just as a movie that's not as terrible as other people make it out to be. But I think th- that's a case where people were literally writing the script on a daily basis with that movie, and he was involved as a directorial standpoint, as a way to kind of bring him into the United States on a you know in a bigger bigger way than Rendition was able to do. Yeah, that's his other movie that he did um, <coughs> for the U.S. and this movie, he, it's, it feels much more like he had the time he needed to kind of craft out a story since he wrote the screenplay this time around, and also kind right. of put the film that he wanted to put on the screen based off a book that he clearly loves as well. And as much as it's, I mean, as much as it's, it's obviously not perfect to me, um, no. as much as it, it, it can't just be, and it, but it's also not just like, hey, here's the book on screen. Like, it's not, it's it's doing enough to separate itself and be its own thing, and I appreciate that. I also appreciate that it feels like a complete book, like I, or a, a complete, complete film. It obviously lends itself to a bigger franchise where the movie to get sequels, but I do feel like I got a whole story here. I don't feel like parts have been... I don't think there's lingering plot threads that I need to be answered, like, immediately, or, you know, that I felt... I felt I, uh, I felt like kind of lingering at the end, like, wow, why wasn't that solved? Like, I feel yeah, like I yeah. got... I, feel I agree like, with that. I feel like I got the movie that I wanted to get based off the story that I really love. I really loved reading when I read it. I also didn't like the score, by the way. How was it? <laughs> you did I, not like it? I did not. Well, I didn't. I, it just felt really generic to me, and I was hope. I, I just it never caught on to me in a way that would. I, I feel like I would have, as, as much as I already liked the movie quite a bit. I feel like I might have liked it even more if I had a score that I really enjoyed, and I didn't really get that from this movie. If there was like a one good theme or something, that would have been really good. It just feels but like I've, I've, it feels like I've heard this in like a PC flight simulator. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, movies aren't really scored with themes so much anymore, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And but I actually, um, the composer Steve Jablonski is usually pretty generic, but I was yeah. actually, I kind of liked it at least more than you. I, I liked his use of strings in in uh, in certain scenes, especially the zero G battle scenes. I, I don't yeah. think it's it's great, but I I thought it worked. I think yeah, it, 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 it worked. It worked in quieter scenes for me, but other scenes it just felt like Transformers, which is what Steve Jablonski said. I guess if you're going to be derivative, be derivative of yourself. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Hans Zimmer's been doing that for years until just well, yeah. <laughs> Days of Thunder repeated already. Um, another thing I liked, and I, this is something that does draw from the book too, but I was pleased that they kept it was the diversity of the characters yes yes yeah um i mean i could easily see a version of this film that was whitewashed and that obviously very clearly wasn't the case and it was you know just it was just it was there was no issue brought up about it and i just like seeing all these different people you know together and i thought it was uh it a subtle um message that last year bender it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it feels like the kind of thing that comes from the fact that this is a film from Summit and made by a South African director as opposed to like a big film from Warner Brothers that came from like an American director. Like, and not, I'm not saying that that's, you know, the reason, but it does. I, you, I think you guys understand what I'm trying to say. I think it comes I from yeah. I think it comes from the fact that it's not like a major <laughs> Hollywood production necessarily, although it is a Hollywood production, obviously, but it's not it feels like it. 
has people that like wanted to make this movie as opposed to wanted to make a book that makes money. And right. as much as that's you yeah. know obviously the ultimate goal as well, it I do salute the fact that yes we did get to have a wide variety of child act and you know we also have child actors if they're not necessarily as young as the ones in the book in the book they're like six and they go on to well, yeah age. they're very young yeah but like you can't do that. you can't you, yeah you, yeah you, you can't show that in a movie I can I can easily see why you have to age it up a bit but even then regardless. The movie, you know, we've now it's called the International Fleet. That's what everyone's a part of, and it feels like the International Fleet. Like I was very yeah. happy to kind of see that in action. So yeah, I was. Yeah. That was very, that was something. I, yeah, thank you, Maxwell, for bringing that up. I almost forgot about yeah. that completely because yeah. that was something I, mean, I was very much respected to see. Yeah, and unless I misread the book a bunch of times, they changed one of the major characters to a, a female from a male. Assuming yeah. I'm assuming a major white Anderson? male character. Yeah, they changed yeah. him to an African American woman, which is great. Why? Because Viola Davis is awesome, that's why. Yeah. You wanted to see me? You can't resign. You have an obligation to stay here and convince him to do his duty. My father trained horses. I've raised yearlings since I was five years old. I know a thoroughbred when I see one. We can't lose him. My God. You really don't see them as children, do you? There used to be a war crime to recruit anyone under the age of 15. When the war is over, we can have the luxury of debating the morality of what we do. When it's over, what will be left of the boy? What does it matter if there's nothing left at all? But Viola Davis, by the way, it's like, she, what? just like prisoners, like there's, it's not that she's like, she has a really multifaceted character to play. She just has one thing to do, but she does it really well. It's very like, well. I'm like, yeah, I'm very happy she's, she's a treasure. She needs, you know, she deserves great roles. Yeah, and I agree with you about yeah. Harrison Ford too. I think Harris, and I, I think it's been a good year for Harrison Ford actually, because I think think he was yeah. very solid in, in forty two as well. But um, I do think he, as much as he's, you know, you look at this role that he's playing, uh, you know, uh, um, Graf, which is one letter away from Gruff, and that seems like a, a fairly standard way to kind of read Harrison Ford performances. But you you kind of get and a, his voice. But you yeah, but you get a sense of what he's trying to do on this film, and I I uh, like. Let the, me tell you something. I like the relationship that he has with Ender, and I like kind yeah. of what makes it challenging in the kind of developments that go on in the film, versus you know giving yeah. you the idea that, well, he seems friendly to Ender, but also there's something else going on. So it, it's a nice balance here and i think harrison ford was he certainly felt like he was into it like it's a weird yeah. thing where with that and like bruce willis where like you just want the, you watch some of these older actors yep they, they can yeah. either they can either be very much into it or they can very much be not into it and it does feel like it does really much feel like harrison ford was into this film doing well top test scores in class highest battle room ratings but you have a habit of upsetting your commander Find it hard to respect someone just because they outrank me, sir. Puts you in a difficult position, doesn't it? Yes, sir. You don't like taking orders from Bonzo? No, sir. Perhaps you'd prefer to give them yourself. Sir. How'd you like to lead your own army? Dragon army. Sir, I've never heard of a dragon army. We discontinued the name four years ago. No dragon army ever won a battle. Then why not a new name, sir? Because we already have the uniforms. And you know, just not to harp on like one of the one of the scenes in the film that I really liked, but there's a, that particular scene that we're all talking about—the climax, the emotional climax—is uh, it's really great because Harrison Ford as an actor is really yelling at Asa Butterfield, and and you know to some degree you could say like yeah, well you know he he's not going to really yell at him; he's just a kid, whatever. But he's just really emoting a lot of anger and frustration, and um, I really appreciate that. It's kind of like when. Steve Carell pushes uh, that kid in 
the way way back and you know he's like dude nobody even wants you i was like dude that is deep that is really sad um yeah so <laughs> i don't like, mean to laugh yeah. at that but yeah <laughs> but um it, it's just one of those things where if you if you treat these people as you know adult actors and whatever else you're gonna get a pretty good product and you know it goes that gives a lot of credit to the direction that gives a lot of credit to the actors and yeah it's uh solidly acted it just uh, a few minor characters here and there and so we're all on board with uh, Moises Arias as Bonzo. Yeah, I liked him. I like Mo- I mean, Moises is a weird dude. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He is weird. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, you guys all watch Kings of Summer. I only know him from yeah, Kings yeah. of Summer. Apparently, he was on. You know, he was on. He Hannah was on Montana, Hannah Montana for a long time. That's what makes it such a revelation. For and me, he's been honestly. he's been another like kind of <laughs> similar affair as well. So it's like I have no idea who this person was until this year when I saw Kings of Summer. So I was like. Yeah. He came on screen, and he fits just exactly. I mean, he's he's playing a character. He's 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 he's, he's literally required to choose scenery based on what his character is, and it just he, has, I, yeah. he held he, he held his own. Yeah, he has a yeah. convincing intensity for someone of his stature. Yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah. Like, like Gonzo. It's like a young Joe Pesci. <laughs> 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 yeah. um, as there, are, there, there are shades of that. Yeah. As long as we're talking about minor characters, this is kind of weird, but you know who else I really thought was cool was this guy, Nonzo Anosi, who plays Sergeant Dapp. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that yeah. guy. Yeah. I just loved him. I thought he was I so he was awesome. He is in the gray. He's in the gray. What, was, what was, else has he been in? He was in um, Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. He, he's, Thank uh, you. Yeah, he was from from, from uh, the greatest city Karth? ever, Quarth. <laughs> Quarth. Um, yeah, he was great. But no, yeah, I liked him. He had a nice kind of... He had a, as much as, as serious as this film can be, but it's also fun. I do think he can uh, emphasize some of the fun aspects of this film, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. He was in Conan, also. Yeah, and I liked his re- like little relationship he had with Ender, also. Yeah. The way that the adults and the kids engage on the same level in this movie, and I think that's a theme we've talked about a lot. Is it is just a further evidence of that. He's currently on Dracula as well. He plays Renfield because if there's one thing you remember from the story of Dracula, it's that Renfield was a very hulking black man. Bram Stoker wrote that 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 character perfectly. Bram Stoker was setting up. He he was breaking down racial barriers before we were. (laughs) (laughs) He really was. That guy's a genius. Let's move on, guys. Let's get to our rating of the film. Each week, out there today, we break films based on when you should go and see them, and we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or forget about it. On that scale, uh, Maxwell, where would you put Ender's Game? Uh, I would say see it in IMAX. Jose? Yeah, I mean, despite the minor issues that I had with it, um, seeing it in IMAX, especially if you're a fan of the book, there's just there's too many moments in there that'll just make you smile. Abe? Uh, definitely see it in theaters. Yeah, pretty solid. Um, I I kept like forgetting that this movie wasn't in 3D. By the way, like I, would, <laughs> I was like up to like <laughs> up to like 30 minutes before I saw it, I was I didn't like I wasn't like quite I was like oh wait this isn't in 3D like that was the thought I had. Um, I yeah I. I really like this movie a lot. I'd say Zeke, I'd give it an IMAX. I think the, the wow. sound is really good, too. Like, it's great sound, yeah. this movie. So yeah, I, and I, I, I say you see it in IMAX not necessarily because I think it's like top-rated, but because I think it's uh, the format will be good for the visuals of the sound. For sure, yeah. Cool. All right, so that's our thoughts on Ender's Game. Let's do a little movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. There's where we, you know, briefly mentioned a few films that we might have thought of that related in some way to the main feature of the week. And uh, so, yeah, let's start. Jose, any uh, callbacks you got in mind? Um, actually, I thought of Gravity, just because um, what a great time to be a fan of films and space and zero-G. For sure. 
Yeah. Okay. Maxwell? Um, yeah, I'm surprised this isn't a correlation I made before, but a lot of the stuff between the zero-G battles and the, the way the schools work reminded me a lot of the Harry Potter movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, I, I read one critic who didn't like the movie, um, like kind of obnoxiously describe it as space Quidditch, but I'm like, yeah, that's kind of exactly what it is. <laughs> Abe? Uh, I, I thought of uh, The Last Starfighter, The Matrix, and uh, that one scene in 2009 Star Trek where they're on Planet Vulcan and all the kids are doing those mathematical computations in their own little <laughs> screens just because, you know, they're they're being bred to be child geniuses. Baby geniuses, I should say. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah, it's a baby <laughs> movie. Super, baby geniuses, too. Super, super geniuses. <laughs> this reminds me that I heard a rumor that Joe Cornish from Attack the Block might be directing Star Trek 3, which is actually the one thing that could, really? finally, it could finally get me interested huh. in a Star Trek movie. When I oh, heard that shit. news, I was like, I bet Aaron is very conflicted right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as Ender's Game goes, Starship Troopers came to mind. Oh, um, the bugs. The bugs and kind of... There's some commentary there. Not as, yeah. not as, it's like a in for kids. You know, Star Troopers for kids. Uh, <laughs> no boobs. Not as many. Um, Hunger Games, War yeah. Games. Mm. Yes, War Games. Wall-E came to mind, actually. It's just mainly because that kind of discovery sense that you get in Wall-E and in kind of the Zero G stuff. Uh, the Matrix, like Abe said, Star Wars, and yeah, After Earth came to mind. Um, it's because this is so much better. Um, all right. <laughs> so that's callbacks. Callback, callback, callback. Let's get to our uh, let's get to our plug this week. Um, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook downloaded audibletrial.com slash shout now podcast. There are over a hundred thousand titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 device. For you, the listeners of out now out there in Enabe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free thirty day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service, and I have a book to recommend. It's called Speaker for the Dead. It's by Orson Scott Card. It takes place after the events of Ender's Game. Why read a synopsis when I would just spoil the story of Ender's Game? So I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> if you want to continue on with the story of Ender's Game and you don't feel like waiting for the possibility of a sequel, you could always read Speak for the Dead among the other books in the series. I know some of them are good, some of them aren't as much, but, you know. They're, they're interesting. There you go. <laughs> I will say, if you uh, if you want more of a... a I mean, Speaker is a sequel, but if you want a, kind of a direct, direct sequel, this was published more recently. It's called Ender in Exile. And it kind of deals with what happens to him immediately after. Uh, it kind of actually takes place between the last few pages of uh, Ender's Game. All right. It's pretty interesting. Oh, it's almost like Insidious 2. <laughs> that's, the, that's of course, the obvious example to use. Anyway, you could download any of those books or any other book you want to at audibletrial.com. Podcast. That's audibletrial.com. Podcast. You can download a book. Subscribe, subscribe to their service for a good 30 days. You can decide you don't want to do anything else with that, but you still get to keep the book that you downloaded for free. So, there you go. Okay, let's move on now. Let's get to out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over some of the various answers that we received on our Facebook and Twitter page, facebook.com slash podcast and twitter.com slash underscore podcast, where we, we ask various questions throughout the week and let our listeners respond. Abe, you want to start off? Absolutely. So we asked a lot of questions sort of related to uh, the theme of the Weekenders game uh, for the film. And so one of our first questions was, uh, who is your favorite? What is your favorite film about a young hero? Uh, Scott Mendelson writes The Omen, the original, of course. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a hero, but yeah, sure. I mean, oh, yeah. for nothing, nothing but nothing but hero. <laughs> yes. It's all, all for, for him. you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brandon writes Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace. Um, Jordan writes 
Okay. Clifford, I think he's talking about the dog. No, he's talking about the Martin. <laughs> no, the Martin Short movie. Oh, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> I love that movie. It's a movie. <laughs> Patrick writes the never-ending story. Atreyu, not Bastion, which I have to agree with. Atreyu is a, a good, solid young character or young hero. Wow, cool. Uh, and and then he writes not Phantom Menace. Um, <laughs> Steve writes uh, short round from Temple of Doom. And Joshua writes Hit Girl. Robert James writes Wizard of Oz, and Aaron writes Attack the Block. He's talking about Moses, I'm assuming. Moses. Moses. Um, favorite leaders in film we have from Izzy. General M. Bison, played by Raul Julia in the 1994 Colts classic Street Fighter. <laughs> I guess not to be confused with Neil McDonough in the 2000... Legend of Chung Terrible movie. <laughs> Legend of Chung Lee. Um, Ryan played William Wallace. Steven has Jack Burton and Wang Chi. You know, Jack Burton. Yeah, from, from Big uh, Trouble Little China. Yeah, Big Trouble Little China, yeah. Jack Burton, me. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, and then Philip has Theoden, the king of Rohan, just from life. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, favorite mentor character in film, for example, Obi-Wan Kenobi, which nobody seemed to choose. <laughs> like, um, uh, Eric has... Eric Idle as this prospector in the Dudley Do-Right movie, which I guess is just the wrong answer. Um, <laughs> Izzy has Billy Billy Grant, uh, Billy Banks, Showdown circa 1993 favorite janitor. What? What? Huh? Yeah, he, he wrote that. Then he has like, he wrote also, and then there's nothing else to follow that up with. <laughs> I, think, I think it's his favorite janitor also. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Philip has Gandalf. Adam has Gordon Gecko from Wall Street. Adam also has Dumbledore from Wal- from Harry Potter. From Wall Street. From Wall Street as well. Yeah, from <laughs> he was played by John C. McGinley in that movie. It was great. Um, he was on the director's cut. Yeah. Jim Jim Beats, friend of the show, has Rip Torn from Dodgeball. <laughs> if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Uh, Mike Jones has The Dude. Great answer. Uh, <laughs> Jim Deeds also... Well, Jim Deeds was also going to put The Dude. Um, Robert has Burgess Meredith and Rocky. Great answer. Uh, Linda has Lester Bangs, Philip Seymour Hoffman from Almost Famous. Um, Corey Stevenson has Raz Al Ghul. Uh, sorry, NS, NSFW's Gamer Podcasts. Corey Stevenson has Raz Al Ghul. Uh, J- Jason has Dean Mother Effer Jones. <laughs> Alan Aguilera has Roger Swanson from Roger Dodger. That's a great choice. I like that one. Uh, and Maxwell, you put an answer here. Doc Brown. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then we asked uh, drill sergeants or anyone in the higher command that you would hate to get into a bad mood. Uh, we had some fun answers here, and I watched a lot of YouTube clips from the answers that they wrote. Liz writes Danny DeVito and Renaissance Man. You'd hate to get Danny DeVito angry and Renaissance Man. Yeah, you just might turn to the penguin. <laughs> I, don't, I, I would don't... hate to get Danny DeVito angry anytime, anyplace, anywhere. <laughs> okay. Yeah, his low center of gravity gives him a lot of, uh, you know, <laughs> judo moves against you. Uh, <laughs> if anyone sees Lethal Weapon 6, they know that for sure. <laughs> Philip writes General Patton, and I think that he's talking about the actual general as well as the actor who played As well as George C. Scott, yes. (laughs) Uh, Graham Loft writes Sergeant Blood, real name of one of his uh, drill instructors. Uh, I I guess he's from the military, or is in the military. And in Movieland, Viggo Viggo Mortensen's character in G.I. Jane. And yeah, that guy's a a hard ass. Uh, Adam writes Louis Gossett Jr. from An Officer and a Gentleman, which is a great answer. I've got nowhere Uh, else to go! <laughs> I think that's an Academy Award winner, Lewis Gusset Jr. from Correct. An Officer and that's Gentleman. Yeah. Uh, Mike Jones writes Arlie, uh, Ernie, Ermy for sure. Uh, maybe the, stra- the Sarge from Aliens too, and I guess T 
T-O-O, not T-W-O. So I guess he's talking about Apon, maybe? Yeah, from the Sarge, yeah. from Aliens. Yeah. But I also like that he wrote Aliens, too. Like, I wish that was the title of an Alien sequel. <laughs> just like, <laughs> Alien, comma, <laughs> T-O-O. Just like, look who's talking to. Yeah, it's the Wayans brothers' take on it. It's like it's like Sigourney Weaver, like, shrugging in the poster. Aliens, too. It happened again. Uh, Joshua writes Major Pain. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> uh, William writes Gunny Highway from Heartbreak Ridge. And Jason has Clancy Brown in Starship Troopers. And Tommy Lee Jones, Any Day of the Week. I'm looking up Major <laughs> Pain right now because it just looked up like the directors for some reason. Um, I, I would add uh, Gordon Bombay, but in Mighty Ducks oh. 2. Yeah, the, the, the Mighty Ducks are back, Jack. They call, ah. him, Captain, they call him Captain Blood. Oh, that's why. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Major Pain, Major Pain was directed by Nick Castle, who, of course, played the shape in the first Halloween movie and was also... Oh, interesting. Yeah, also, huh. the, also the director of The Last Starfighter. That's why it came to that. Was oh, like, very cool. I was what? like, what I was a... like, there's like so many connections this week to that, <laughs> that person. What a weird uh, career. Right? Um, huh. All right, let's move on here. Um, favorite movie with an alien combatant, like Alien, Star Trek Troopers, etc. Uh, Jeanette has Men in Black. Ryan has Independence Day. Adam Ooh. has... John Carpenter's The Thing, Corey Stevenson has Alien, Starship Troopers, Battle LA, for some reason, and Pacific Rim. <laughs> uh, first show, Abe, Battle LA. Yeah, I know, Battle LA. Episode one, episode movie. one. Eventually I'll put that back on iTunes and you guys can jump into the archives <laughs> of Out Now and listen to how <laughs> terrible. the bravest just... Marines that I know! <laughs> uh, Philip has Pacific Rim, Izzy has District 9, great answer. Uh, Mike has Aliens, Predator, It's a Dead Heat for Me. I also loved AVP, Requiem, and I'm not afraid to admit it. Be afraid. Be very afraid. We had a a fun commentary with that one. (laughs) I hope you listened to it. I hope you got to hear about Dr. Pred Alien. Jason has Monsters vs. Aliens. You gotta throw an attack the block. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, Boom. My answer applied to many of these questions this week. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. Okay, let's move on to some questions that you guys gave to us via the Facebook or Twitter page. Um, Graham has, what is the next sci-fi must-see for 2014? Do you guys mm. have an answer for that offhand? Let's see. Oh. 2014? And I'd say not including various comic book movies, if that's... I was going to uh, say 2014. Not 15, which has, like, everything. Let me see. Here, 2014. Mm. Is that when Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out? Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's exactly superhero movies. Um, yeah, I know. We have things like, well, there's RoboCop, of course. Um, uh there's what else is there? Like, see, there's some of the stuff you haven't like seen yet. Like, there's the Tom Cruise movie that actually looks pretty good, but only, only people at Comic Con have seen the stuff for that movie. Oh, does that Lyman. the one that was movie? It, uh, Tom Cruise's Groundhog's Day movie. That's that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Divergent. Um, he's remaking Groundhog's Day. Well, he's he's he's, play, he's like a. It's a future world where there's like kind of a a, a war going on, and there's like mech warriors happening, and like Tom Cruise uh, like dies, but he gets to repeat the same day over and over again to figure out what to do. Which what's is that? Uh... There's uh, that, uh, it's another, like, teen book, is it, uh... Divergent. What Divergent? Divergent? Um, no, is it a different... Maze Runner? That... Is that coming out? I think that's coming mm, out next year. Maze Runner. Yeah, Maze Runner, yeah, it's supposed they... to come out, yeah, Maze Runner. Yeah, yeah I don't know if I'm that one. I don't think that's my answer, but <laughs> I just, I'm just trying to think of things that are coming out. Let's see, there's, um... Uh, oh, I just... Oh, uh, Godzilla? Godzilla? There we go. I'm excited. Oh, Jurassic yeah. World? Jurassic. Yeah. That's not 2014, though. I don't think. Oh, okay. Transcendence, the, the, uh, the film from Wally Pfister, uh, uh, Christopher. Dawn Nolan. of the Planet of the Apes. Is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. There we go. 
It's Interstellar yeah, next year. Interstellar, I believe, oh, is next year, yes. Transformers Ooh. 4. Yeah, of course. Transformers Age of Extinction. Transformers yeah. 4. Uh, Fast and Furious 7. I assume they go to space in that one. Uh, <laughs> no, it's number... Oh, yes! It is number 7! Damn it! They have to go to space now. Uh, Avatar 2? Well, that, that's, that, that's, that's 15. Yeah. Like, let's see. Dolphin Tale 2, though. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Not... No, no, Paul Hogan in that one, but that's uh, a that's a different Dolphin movie. Hunger Games Another is next Hunger year. Hunger Games movie. Uh, True. Is, I don't know. Pat. Oh, that uh, that Tomorrow World moved up to uh, Tomorrow Land. Oh, Brad Bird's movie. movie. Yeah, Brad yes. Bird's movie. That's a good uh, choice. Yeah, there, I'll go with that. I'll go. I, I, I put my faith in Brad Bird. So yeah, that's a uh, very good choice. The, the Wachowskis' new movie is next year. Is supposedly. It? Oh yeah, yeah Jupiter, Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter, Jupiter Ascending. Ascending. Yeah. Interesting. That's a, that's a good choice too. Huh. Well, there you go. Go. Yeah. Now, now we've run down sci-fi movies for you, Graham. So you <laughs> Apparently, Graham movie doesn't have Google. <laughs> but he loves to hear our answers. Yeah. yeah. He loves the soothing sounds of Abe's voice, and he tolerates me. All right. Uh, Izzy asks us, do you think Jaden Smith will ever uh, have commercial matchup with his father, Will? No. <laughs> uh, I don't think so either. As yeah, much as I don't think he's a terrible actor... Despite After Earth and The Day of the Earth still, still trying to prove me wrong, I do think that on the right project, he's you know a talented young actor. I just don't think he's ever going to be put in the same position that Will has, where Will Smith right. has done certain things that just ensure him box office success throughout much of his career. I mean, unless he makes like Parents Don't Understand Part Two, then no. <laughs> I think yeah. the issue is that he's not funny. Yeah, that helps. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't really look at Jaden for charisma right now. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, well, I happen to think he's not bad in Karate Kid, but he's not funny, and that's. I, I think feel the like supporting cast really helps him out in that movie a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think anybody's gonna be Will Smith anymore. Yeah, that's I mean, Will a, Smith, that's a Will Smith issue, is, right? Yeah, Will Smith is the one of the is one of the very, very, very few people that can sell a movie based off the fact that Will Smith is involved in it. And so, it, well, and, not after Earth. Though, not so. after after. Well, and that's like a, you know, that's kind of a. <laughs> I think people got the, got the idea that that was a Jaden show. My guess is he ends up in Independence Day too. You think Ooh. so? I heard that they wrote two scripts for that film. Smith, I like, did one. hear that. I feel like I feel like he was waiting to see how After Earth did to make up his mind. Oh yeah, for sure. That's that's like why he did Men in Black Three after what Seven Pounds failed. I mean, there's just it. <laughs> the the. I totally forgot that there was a movie called Seven Pounds. Which he's, doing, like, which, he, which, I, he, which he's terrific <clears throat> in as an actor, but I mean, it's just the, if he's going to yeah. keep securing yeah, the status as a you know world star, I mean, he has to do some of these big properties. I feel like right. Independence Day 2 with Will Smith could be one of the biggest movies ever. I Yeah, I agree. Oh. <laughs> um, was, yeah. People shouldn't count out Roland Everett movies, by the way. Despite White House Down not performing well, people forget that 2012 made like $800 million. <laughs> like, <he> knows, <laughs> it's he, too bad because... He I knows, really liked White yeah, House. Yeah, White House that was fun. Oh my god. But I can't wait to get that on Blu-ray. It comes out. We'll get to that. Um, oh. April asks, if you could remake any movie, dream director, dream actors, in every role, what would it be? Oh. Yeah, this is that this kills is, me right hmm. there. Robocop with oh. Paul Claymation. <laughs> Paul Claymation. <laughs> That'd be amazing. With Danny Elfman as as Robocop. <laughs> Danny Elfman. What was that one video game back in the day on Sega and Super Nintendo where they had like clay action fighters and clay like a fighter. snowman? That's called Clay Fighter. Clay fighter. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was a very easy it, title to remember. <laughs> but it, it'd be exactly like that. You know, it's all bloody and stuff because that's like exactly how Robocop is. What's that game about that girl you're supposed to rescue? I think her name is Zelda. What's that game? Was it? Uh, <laughs> so I, I have, have, I have... Of Link. Of Link. So 
there's this old film Marty that Patty Chayefsky did that wrote. Um, I think it'd be really interesting to see that movie directed by the Duplass brothers, starring Jonah oh. Hill. That's wow! Well, that's that's pretty good. I uh, I don't know how to follow that. I'm a fan of the Duplass brothers. I'll yeah, give I'm you a, I'll I'll say a Coen Brothers remake of M with oh. Steve Buscemi. Oh wow! That's a pretty good. That's yeah. Hmm, darn. What if like I just want to see like they already experimented with black and white with Man of Man with No Name or what a beautiful yeah, film and it wasn't there. I'd love to see them kind of had tackle like German expressionism in their own way with Steve German expressionism with, with, with Steve Buscemi's crazy eyes and, and playing the Peter Lorre part of M. Nice <laughs> little riff on Fritz <laughs> Crazy eyes. Is it? Is there a Tumblr page for that where it's like Steve Buscemi's crazy eyes and other people? I think it's just called Steve. Yeah, yeah, the Steve Buscemi eyes. You know, something a little bit more recent. I, I tell you, the Coen Brothers taking on uh, the Counselor and seeing how that could. Oh, out. good one. <laughs> yeah. With uh, what just, Angelina just... Jolie or Catherine Zeta-Jones recasted with Cameron Diaz as well. Yeah, there'd be some some casting changes, but you know, just uh, give me a more of a, a better taste in my mouth about that film. Let's move on. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a question uh, that asks us from Izzy. Uh, everyone can ask this. It doesn't have to be necessarily true. Uh, but pop quiz, hot shot. You have a chance to recast any Keanu Reeves, mo- Keanu Reeves movie. Who do you cast? Who do you Garrett cast? Hed- Garrett Hedlund. <laughs> in, in, in all of them? Yeah. I didn't even have to think about that. But I'd say somebody <laughs> British in Dracula. I think that's a good... Uh... Somebody Sorry. British in Dracula. Okay. Garrett Hedlund in uh oh god um how could I forget the Patrick Swayze movie his Point Break of course thank you God that was the worst blank I've ever had. yeah what would he do in Point Break just be like hey Brody he'd be like, lost he'd be track like of time huh hi <laughs> and an FBI agent yeah I don't know I mean I I'd say a lot of folks I'd just say yeah. Dracula I can't think of any other movie that he's like miscast in oh. Um, Street Kings. Well, no, that movie's just terrible, regardless. Like, it's not his fault. <laughs> and I think that's that later stage where he's actually become a, an actor that chooses roles that fit him as an actor. I feel like I want somebody else for Constantine. I just don't know who. Someone blonde and British, perhaps. Yeah. You know, like Constantine, <laughs> like, like like the character of Constantine. <laughs> and you'd have like you'd have Priest Part Two with Paul Bettany. <laughs> Paul Bettany would make a pretty good Constantine, actually. He probably <laughs> would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd watch Hellblazer with with Paul Bettany. That'd be sweet. (laughs) Uh, Last question from Jason. Do you do you? I think Abe and I we can answer this at the same time. Do you think we're gonna get a Kickass three? No, no, that's not. No, I I highly doubt. Based on based off of math. Based off of math, yeah. When you when you spend when you spend more money and then make less money than the first movie, that doesn't really add up to. Hey, is there there even material that exists for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark writing. Mark Millar is currently releasing his uh, Kick-Ass Three. He's writing comic comics. So. Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah, aren't you excited? (laughs) Oh. oh, oh. (laughs) All right. Well, that was great. Yeah. Thank you for all that feedback. That's feedback. 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 Yeah. All right. So yeah, we did the feedback. Let's get to our box office. Each week we go over the box office total and find out if our previous predictions were anywhere close to what actually happened last week. Abe, do you remember what you predicted for Ender's Game? Yes, yeah, so I think I said first place. I think thirty thirty one point nine or something like that. You did you? Wow. Yeah, you called it. You 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 guessed yes. thirty one point nine million. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yep, you did that. Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, uh, last week we had just seen it. Sean and Liz on the show. Sean predicted forty two. Liz said 20-something. Um, I said 
What did I say? I said first place. I think I said like 37, actually. I'm pretty sure I did say that. doesn't matter, though. Uh, Ender's Game came in first place this weekend with 28 million, mm. uh, which is, you know, fine. Like, it's it's not breaking the bank, but it's also not, you know, ter- it's it's more money than any of the previous book adaptate book adaptations have made this year and other entire domestic runs, just about. So, uh, whether or not that leads to future things for Ender's Game, I don't know. But worldwide, it'll probably clean up, you know, as much as it needs to. And it cost less than something like After Earth, which I think was, like, nearly $200 million. So Wow. That's a huge budget, yeah. Plus, I you know, I attribute it to Halloween, so people were still in there in their candy comas, and they didn't go out and see yeah, anything. There's also weekend. a lot of things that happened. Like, Las Vegas came out this weekend as well. Uh, that hit third place, 16 mil. Freebirds also debuted with 16 mil. Oh, so Freebirds probably took away from some of the uh, the children going to go see Ender's Game. There you go. Hey, perhaps. Um, I'm just Jack- making I still need to go see that. No, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, Jackass, <laughs> bad, Jackass bad presents grad, Bad Grandpa still in second place with a very small drop, actually, um, and still made another $20 million this weekend. Uh, should I see that one? I thought it was funny. Uh, if you like Jackass movies, then, you know, why not? Uh, I enjoyed three a lot. Um, I do, too. Well, quite a bit, actually. Uh, Gravity, still, you know, top ten. It's in fifth place. Great. Uh, yeah. 12, year, 12 Years yeah. a Slave got a big bump because it expanded to a lot it of finally theaters. went yeah. to all theaters, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, that's, uh, it's making, making some money for, you know, a, a two-and-a-half-hour slave drama. Um Let's see what's happened. The counselor is now in tenth place after debuting in second place last weekend. Still in top ten. Um, let's see. Um, about to- about time. That's that one from. That's the that's the one Richard, from the dude from Richard Curtis. The Richard Curtis film. Yeah. Film. Uh, I really want to see that. Actually. I do too. I'm, I'm hearing really good things about it, and I know it. It, it was just a minimal release or a limited release this weekend. I know expansion. It's about uh, three hundred fifty theaters this weekend. Yeah. So. It'll expand next weekend and be something. Which one is that again? That's one of Rachel. That's the one where they can travel back through time by holding their hands together in yes. their closet. Yes, yes, yes. Well, how do you say that guy's name? Gleason. Bill Bill Knight. Dom Bill Dom Domino. Domino. Okay, so it's yeah. He's okay. Bre- <laughs> Brendan Gleason's son. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was oh, in really? the Harry Potter movies, right? Yeah, yeah. he Bill? played um, the oldest Weasley, Bill Weasley. But yeah, he's Brendan yeah. Gleason's son. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Wow, he's so much thinner. Well, well, <laughs> than his father. <laughs> fatness is not necessarily hereditary. There, uh, Abe. I'm just being. An it was at their house last weekend. Brendan ate the burger. Domino had the can. <laughs> uh, he was also in a uh, dread. He plays the kid with the with the computer stuff in yes, his I, eyeball. In his eyeball, yeah. Uh, I loved him in uh, uh, Never Let Me Go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's Ooh. one of the guys that get to go out for like a leap year or something like that. He has a a, a certain gentleness to him that's very appealing. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So let's move on now. What time is it, Abe? Oh, well, Aaron. I think it's time for us to play some games. Ah, uh, that was enderific today. That Thank was enderific. That's of course the improv yeah. theme for games, and I believe Abe has one for us to play today. Yes, it is a, a one of those games that everyone kind of wins. It's uh, which made which movie made more? What WMMDs? And, uh, it, yes, WMMD, WMMDs. WMMDs, which um, made more dough? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this has uh, some of the stars of the film uh, for Ender's Game, including Asa Butterfield, uh, Ben Kingsley, and a lot of Harrison Ford. So uh, here we go. 
So, uh, number one. Raiders of the Lost Ark or Return of the Jedi? Return of the Jedi. I'll Jedi. Say, I'll say Jedi. All you guys are correct. 212 million for Raiders of the Lost Ark and 252 for Return of the Jedi. Number two. Won't back down with uh, Olivia, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Octavia Spencer. Wait, Octavia Spencer? What am I saying? Viola Davis and uh, <laughs> Paranoia. Paranoia. Oh, there's uh, one that was just released this year. Yeah, I got it. Um, Won't back down. I'll say Paranoia. Okay. Won't back down. It's actually Paranoia. Won't oh, back down. Uh, 5.3 million Paranoia. 7.3 million. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> These are some high, high grocers. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> All right. Number three. Blade Runner or K-19 The Widowmaker? Ooh. K-19 The Widowmaker. I'll also this... say K-19 The Widowmaker. Okay. Yes. This seems like a trick question. K-19 The Widowmaker. That is correct. Blade Runner made 27.5 and K-19 has 35.1. That was like a big bomb, too. And what's interesting, which one is certainly more remembered? Yeah, I got it. I still go to K-19 parties after uh, certain months. At the end of the <laughs> day, box office means yes. shit. Yeah. No. yeah. I was a submarine like, for Halloween. Hey, German submarine officers, right? Yeah, everyone loves that. But... I was a submarine right, for Number Halloween. four. Ever since the Americans attacked. <laughs> yeah. There won't be an America to go back to. All right. Uh, number four. Prisoners or Little Miss Sunshine with Abigail Breslin? Little Miss Sunshine. Definitely Little Miss Sunshine. Little Miss Sunshine. Okay. Aaron? I said, a little bit, I said it first. I said a Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, everyone <laughs> Little Miss Sunshine? It's actually Prisoners. Yeah. Ah, really? 59.949. And then Little Miss Sunshine, 59.891. Wow. Uh, yeah. Why did I feel like Little Miss Sunshine was like a $100 million movie? Huh. I feel like that too, so that's why I'm verifying, because <laughs> I'm concerned about that. <laughs> Maybe we're thinking of Juno. Right. Verification check. Oh, yeah, Juno was bigger. Yeah. Huh. Number five. Worldwide, it was 100. Oh. Uh, number five. Firewall or Gandhi? Yeah. Gandhi. 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 Firewall. Firewall. Well, okay, it's Gandhi. Yeah. 52.7 million versus 48.7. Number six. Prisoners has 102 million worldwide, by the way, so it's still beating Little Miss Sunshine. Wow. <laughs> the worldwide? Yeah. I was just going domestic. I know, I was just, hey. I was just curious at that point. Number six. Patriot Games or 42? Patriot Games. 42. Oh, wait, no. Hmm. 42. That's a good question. I'm changing. I'm going to 42. You guys are all correct. 95 million versus 83.3. Yeah. Wow, 42 did well. Yeah, 42. Yeah, I picked up some. Yeah. Some bucks. Yeah. All right. Number seven. Schindler's List versus Cowboys and Aliens. Schindler's List. Schindler's List. Okay. All, all three of you guys? Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's actually Cowboys and Aliens. Oh, my God. Let me guess what Schindler's List is. How is Aliens made like. 100 and like one or something like what's Schindler's yeah, list? Yeah, like 100.2. So Schindler's list was what, like 90 something maybe? Yep, 96.06. Okay. Yeah. If we're adjusting for inflation though, Schindler's list is the winner. So <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were all adjusting for and inflation it's in our head. It's a much better film. <laughs> well, that <laughs> doesn't matter in terms of money. <laughs> Number eight Hugo with, with Ben Kingsley and Asa Butterfield. Or six days, seven nights. Hugo. Six Hugo. Days, seven nights. 
Uh, Maxwell, you're correct. Six, eight, seven, nine. Seventy-three or uh, seventy-four point three, and Hugo is seventy-three point eight. Oh, I thought Hugo got that, to like 90. that three D bump. I thought I, I thought I really thought Hugo made it to like ninety. Hugo yeah. is so wonderful. Oh my god, it is. Yeah, and I'm so, a, and I'm yes. so happy that like Austin Butterfield is clearly like a good actor and not just like, hey, I was good in this movie once. Like it's like, yes, yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait to take that next time more. That movie has a special place in my heart because I, I went to the first date with my girlfriend on that movie. Aww. Yeah. Aww. True story. It's one of the rare movies where, like, right, number I, nine. Hey, it's one of the like the rare movies where I like I had such a different opinion after seeing it again with Hugo. Like I already liked it, but like just. It was like a kind of a weird screening I had for it. And I was like really cold and I was, wasn't really into it as much as I wanted it to be. And after seeing it again, I was like, oh my God, he goes so good. That's the Scorsese magic. There it is. It is. I, I'm thinking like a, a Kanye yeah, music great 3D. in right there. <laughs> yeah, beautiful 3D. <laughs> that opening that opening <laughs> tracking shot was beautiful. Yep. I mean, yeah. the 3D in that was good, but I mean, Gravity is the best 3D of all time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm gonna let you finish. All right, all right, I'm Kanye. gonna let you finish. <laughs> <laughs> all right, two more, two more. Number nine, Indiana Jones and Temple of Dune versus The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, Empire Strikes a, Back. Mm, that's a tough one. Okay, so that's I'll Maxwell. S- I'll say, oh, I'll say Empire because they got those re-release money. So. Okay. Well, this is I'll not go, including I'll the go stuff. Temple of Doom just to. I can guarantee you it includes that re the 1990s like re-release. So <laughs> yeah, it it is the Empire Strikes Back with 209 Damn. and Temple of Doom is 179. Ah, I figured it's yeah because I know Empire is like the least grossing, but I figured it still probably has to make enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's big bucks. All right, last one: The Help versus Air Force One. The Help. The right, Help. That's uh, damn. I'm gonna say Air Force One. And, and you are correct. It's like ah. 170. Air Force One was that big of a hit. Wow. I think it, I think it was like the number one movie that year. If I'm not, I kind of love that movie too. Get off my plane! Air... <laughs> Take that, Gary Oldman, and the father or the foster father from Terminator Two. Air Force One. Let's see, nine, 1997. Ninety-seven. Like oh, it was a fifth. Oh, that's a big year. Titanic, Men in Black, Lost World, Liar Liar, Air Force One, As Good as It Gets, Goodwill Hunting, the re-release of Star Wars, oh, my geez. best, my best friend's wedding, and Tomorrow Never Dies. That's the yeah, top there, ten. There ain't no way any movie is number one in ninety-seven except for Titanic. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's like, excuse me. I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about the year with Air Force One. I'm but, surprised it still Air made that much money. That's a lot of. Big movies. I love that also that uh, Face Off is 11th, Batman and Robin's 12th, and George of the Jungle's 13th. And I legit, <laughs> I, I legit love George of the Jungle. That's a it's funny movie. Man. I I love, that is one of my favorite Brendan Fraser was, was very likable. He is. Yeah. It's like Who it's doesn't su- love that, that gorilla that wears glasses? And it's super, <laughs> it's super winky. Like, it completely, like, winks in the face yeah. at, like, what kind of movie it's supposed like, to be. Like, even the narrator is, like, winking at you. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, excuse me, but he's a narrator. You don't see his face, so you don't know that he's weak. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Maxwell, of the Ichabod Crane podcast. I am a noted right, so literalist. <laughs> All right, and Abe. that's how you play games. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, let's get to Out Now Presents What's Out Now. These are new movies coming out on DVD, Blu-ray, and what have yous this week. First up, we have White House Down. Yay! Yay! Awesome! I had, awesome! I had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, Grown Ups Two. I think Maxwell went out and saw this. 
I did, actually. Just to prove a point. I did, too. And <laughs> I regret that. Um, we also have <laughs> The Hobbit, the extended edition of The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey. Naturally. Which, I, which I've been told has a goblin song in it. So that should be something. Uh, or a troll I enjoy, song. I, enjoyed I don't. It. Honestly, I, I, don't, that you I didn't don't enjoy care. that much. I don't uh, not enjoy that. I just don't like. It's like, yeah, all right, that happens. Like, let's get to the next one. I just, whatever. It looks great, kind of. I want to see a dragon. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Jose. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's right. see. Also out, uh, Mad Men season five comes out on Blu-ray. So all the Mad Men fans ah. like that. Um, Twilight, the complete series, comes out this week on Blu-ray, so you can get every single Twilight movie. Ever. And... I already pre-ordered that. Okay. I hope it comes with like a baby or something, like as a as a <laughs> what? A little, a little young non-vampire baby or whatever the hell. Uh, with, I think uh, that's a fangy vagina. There you go. <laughs> that's that's even weirder. This is this is the weirdest conversation I've ever been in. All right, so that's like that. That's what's coming out this weekend. Those movies are really fucking weird. <laughs> Let's uh. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's get on to what we're going to talk about next week, which is, of course, Thor, the Dark World, or as I'm calling it, Thor 2, still Thor. Um, this is a big movie. I'm excited for it just because <laughs> I like I like Thor. I like Thor, and I like his smile. Ava and I, that's our eighth episode. Um, we, that we, we, was, we, yeah. That's, we, I think that's a great episode that we did. We quite enjoyed Thor and all the frost giants that were present there. Um, so now 16. we... Finally have a sequel, and uh, let's see what happens there. But what do we think Thor is going to do at the box office? Let me give you some box office Anything history. else coming out with it this weekend? No, because it's Thor. It's its own reckoning. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the Book Thief opens on four theaters. Tw- uh, 12 Years of Slaves expands. And if you're not going to see Thor, you might as well see Chiwetel Edgy 4 get whipped. Um, about Time expands. Or do some well. whipping. Um, and, but yeah, so it's pretty much Thor. Um, I can tell you right now... the. I can oh, give you, you some. Uh, let's see. The first Thor opened in May of 2011 to uh, $65 million. Um, it's not going to... Well, I don't know. Actually, it could make Iron I don't Man. Know. I mean, first Iron Man made 98 um, Iron Man 2, 128 Iron Man 3, it's not going to make that amount of money, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Captain America also made 65 in its opening. Incredible Hulk made 55 in its opening. So that's... When, when did uh, Captain America get released? Was that in the summertime as well? Uh, three, two, three months after Thor. So. July. Okay. Okay. Well, this is November release, which is... This is a, this is a new one for Marvel. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say a first place, but with uh, uh, 48.7 million. <laughs> Decibels you're giving. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Uh, I'll actually, say first place with ninety-five million. Okay. Ninety-five. Um, I will also be bold and say first place. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm going to go. What did you say, Maxwell? Ninety-five. Yeah. Yeah, I said ninety-five. Uh, and Abe, you said forty-eight point seven. Oh, okay. That's a I got big a good, good range there. Good range. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go slightly below Maxwell, and I'll say 85. 85. Okay. That's nice, because I'm going to go slightly below Jose and say a solid 75. Mm. All right. All right. Okay. It's going to make 74, and Abe is going to win. Wait. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm playing the low, low, the, the low bit here. Oh, it's a, it's, a regular week, it's a regular weekend, so that, that helps. Um, it does have that 3D bump, just like the first Thor did, actually. Um, but, uh, you know. I... 
What? I just think these Marvel movies now are playing more like sequels to the Avengers than sequels to their original movies. It helps, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, but even, even then, like, even then, the argument can be made that that the Avengers was mostly a Thor sequel in terms of whose story we were following, in terms of like Loki's the key antagonist. Yeah, and, like, definitely. I mean, like, I mean Loki is Loki's probably as popular as any of the heroes. Oh, easily. Tom Hiddleston yeah. has certainly become quite, has quite a, the thing for people. Who doesn't love him? Has a great smile. Yeah, between like I'm surprised that we haven't had an announcement for like the Tom Hiddleston Benedict Cumberbatch Road movie yet. So. <laughs> Where they like drive, uh, they they drive they, they follow they follow around Steve Coogan and uh <laughs> on the trip. Impressions of Michael Caine. Exactly. No, All right. um, Hiddleston has to do his Owen Wilson. That's and his Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> He has a Samuel L. Jackson. I'm on YouTube it's, now. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I'll put that in the show notes if I can find it. Show notes, that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm writing that down right now. Here, this is me typing. Tom Hiddleston doing <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> That's how you make interesting podcasting when you're typing and not talking about the show. Okay, guys. You're going typewriter. Ding. We've had a lot of fun this week, but that's going to have to do it for this week's episode about Dave. Uh, I know. You can, of course, find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodazeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as my blue reviews at whysoblue.com. You can also find me at Twitter at twitter.com slash PS 3 I might be holding up the Aaron's PS 4 for now because I might be canceling my pre-order. Infamous doesn't come oh. out till next year. Infamous doesn't come out till next year, guys, so I don't know. Here, I, I got Fans I'm, want you to be PS4. I, I should take it just before someone else takes Aaron's PS4, but I don't know, guys. Yeah. We'll see. The guy who's not as cool, and now you're going to get, like, zero Twitter followers. That's the reason. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag. I know. I mean, my Twitter has nothing to do with PlayStation, and I have more followers than you. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh, drop the gauntlet. Right. <laughs> Abe, where can people find more of your work? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag... I don't know what. Good one. Maxwell Haddad. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemaxwell. And similarly, you can find me on the web at cinemaxwell.com. And Jose Cordova. Yeah. Yep, I'm on Twitter at Jose Cordova. So there's that. And uh, thethoughtfulslacker.blogspot.com. I haven't been too active on there. Um, I'm in my last semester of getting my degree, and that's kind of been kicking my butt a little bit. Oh, but, mazel tov. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, if you head over to the Celebrity Cafe, usually Saturday nights or early Sunday mornings, you'll find my Legend of Korra recaps. And awesome. yeah, so that's that's fun. That's yeah, cool. I've been enjoying reading those actually. As Korra, Legend the Legend of Korra is a show that I quite enjoy. Oh, and you they can also it. check me out at the uh, Ichapod Crankcast. Of course. Ah, yeah. yeah. Ah. There you go. <laughs> More on that in a second here. You can, of course, find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher, as well as at hhwlod.com. We can find our show there, along with the other great shows, including the Ichapod Cranecast, the weekly show that covers the Fox TV series Sleepy Hollow. A new episode will be coming out this week. Uh, Walking Dead TV podcast. I'm actually on that show pretty regularly now as well. That's the show that covers The Walking Dead, of course, as well as Long Box of Doom, fun show about comics, and other shows there about comics, games, fun stuff like that. You can also find us over at outnow.podman.com where you can find the, the latest releases as well as exclusives such as our nights and also fun stuff like Q&As. You can also f- check out our YouTube page at, or youtube.com slash outnowpodcast where you can find the main reviews of the week, 23 minutes each. Outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to email us there and let us know your thoughts on Ender's Game or the book or the movie versus the book or whatever other versus scenarios you can think of that you'd want to populate our email with. 
Also, check us out over at facebook.com slash podcast where you can interact with us, we'll interact with you, and we'll answer your questions as well as read your answers out on the air. And, of course, twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. You can follow us there and, you know, compete with the Facebook list uh, like number. Yeah, seriously, we really want to catch up because Facebook is uh, taking all of our likes. Anyway, um, check, us, uh, check us out over at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com or you can find our latest reviews as well as fun things we find around the internet. Yeah, so there we go. Maxwell and Jose, thank you for joining us today to discuss Ender's Game. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Definitely a good time. Can't wait to be back for the next uh, Dwayne Johnson movie. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Next week, we'll be talking about Thor. That should be a lot of fun. I'm excited for Thor. But yes. until next time, so long. And goodbye. Also, happy Guy Fox Day. Thank you. Good night. No question, when I was younger, I held some dumb beliefs and used some words I shouldn't have said. I learned them in the streets. I read some sci-fi and played Super Nintendo. That's why I was so drawn to the story in a book called Ender's Game. See, Ender, he was smaller, and he learned how to fight. In battle school, that little kid, you know, he did all right. And about that time, I was still lost at school. And after class, I go down to the local shop and buy some X-Men comics, too. See, Superman, he was never my thing. More content in watching Magneto just do his thing. And Ender's Game became the speaker for the dead and Xenocide. And read the last page of Children of the Mind But I put them books aside because I found the man who made them Was full of irrational hatred I read them in his statements I made it a conscious decision To stop reading the series then It's when Ender's game truly came to an end Superman was real, you know I think he feel He wouldn't want a man of hate to tell a story If Superman was real, you know the man is steel He'd say all people could just share in the glory In the sun because it shines on like all shapes and colors Sisters and brothers, he'd want humanity to just love one another whether same sex or hetero he'd say it's better though if you find love don't let it go you are not alone now that i'm older though i learned from past mistakes back when i was an ignorant ingrate i've changed my ways that's why i can't forgive the art for the creator because i know the views can change later but card is still a hater and hate has got no place nowhere on superman's face not from the dirt on his boots or every tear in his cape he fought for something great and greatness lies in helping the world come together for every lex luther neocon whatever and we can all change for the better and there's few things that's better example through stormy weather whether rain or shine you know that s on his chest stands forever that's why superman is just better than some author with the record of hate and believe me oh i used to be a fan of his every book was great and though i buy superman sometimes today i think this here's gonna make me go back to my high school ways superman was real you know i think he feel he wouldn't want a man of hate to tell a story if superman was real you know the man is steel he'd say all people could just share in the glory i was so sad that that wasn't the trailer for the the rocks the rocks version movie. yeah you don't understand how disappointed <laughs> i was when i clicked that. ever since the aliens attacked <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. Uh, Let me see if I can find the actual like line that he has to say. <laughs> can find more graph lines. Uh, <laughs> uh, you've been working on that one. I, I, I took a breath on that one. I, uh, grumpy, grumpy Harrison Ford. Grumpy Harrison Ford. Yeah. It's like that and like uh, like Walter Cronkite and uh, fucking Walter Matthau mixed together. <laughs> like, <what the> <laughs> I can definitely see the Walter Matthau. <laughs> Walter Cronkite, he's he's an American treasure. Don't make fun of him. That was Walter Matthau. Okay, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, Abe, I was waiting for you to do your classic um, Ben Kingsley Australian accent. No, it, it's actually New Zealand because he's Maori. This one? I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I Come on, man. Use the Kiwi with an Aussie. I went there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm my, I can't even do one. I'm my Zarekum. That's actually just like some I, sad dog. I like times. I like when you start, then you immediately pause and say, I can't do it, and then you continue <laughs> trying to do it anyway. <laughs> 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 That's he just wants inside. He just wants to succeed. That's there, how you play the Um <laughs> Here we go. All right. <clears throat>